You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 183 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Valerie. How are you going? Good. What's ha- been happening in Gina world? Oh, so uh, I finished uh, binge watching, um, <laughs> what's that one? I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> what the show oh, That's was. really useful. The Crown? Mad Men. Oh, Mad Men. You, you are late so to the I'm, Mad Men I'm party. Hello. So I missed it the first time. I did miss it the first time and okay. um, I finally said it because I've heard so many good things and I've done this with a lot of shows. But mm. do you – so when you finish a series or a book that you really love, do you think about the characters and wonder what they're doing? Like uh, at the like, particularly after you've finished a book, do you ever go? I wonder what I wonder what they're doing now. Not is that really. Just me? I shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> I know some people do, mm. uh, and obviously you're one of them. I don't generally. No, because <laughs> I miss. I just loved, loved Mad Men so much. It's um, fantastic, yes. Everything about it, it's just like the styling, the photography. Mm. It's just so beautiful and the story is amazing. So it just, it, it just very inspiring stuff. Uh, so that was that. And then back on the, you know, now I'm back on the crown. Oh, yes. As yes. well. So um, well, I, I so- binged watched a very, very different show. Yeah. Um, Mind Hunter. Have you seen that or heard of that? No, heard of it. Good. Uh, so it's set in the 70s and it's um, about when the FBI started uh, studying and researching and talking to serial killers. Um, so it's, yeah, it's pretty deep and uh, it's very, very interesting because, um, uh, you know, just getting into the mind of why they do things but how all of that research developed. And apparently because yep. I was talking to um, someone who you've actually photographed and she's studying to be a forensic psychologist, she has watched the whole thing and she uh, is saying, that a lot of the characters in this television series are based on real life serial killers and she's read all the real life transcripts of the interviews with the serial killers. Wow. So that's quite strange. Yes. Wow. Anyway. Mm. But this is We have not very different taste, Val. We really not- do. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mad Men too. Um, oh, but this, okay. this isn't a podcast about uh, television shows. It is, in fact, about photography. So thank you to everyone for joining us and thank you to all of our new listeners. It's been great to connect with you in the Facebook group. If you haven't joined the Facebook group, It's free. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and it'd be great to have you in there. Just request to join. And also, if you want a next level mentoring with your photography, Gina also, Gina and I run Gina's Gold Community where you get to tap into Gina's incredible advice and experience and insights and feedback on your photos. Tell us a little bit about the Gold Community, Gina. All right, so we uh, we there's uh, tutorials that uh, are put out every month, which it's actually a real live shoot that I'm on. So what I love about this is it's like the the shoot from planning 
to shooting, to lighting, to diagrams, and then how I edit the shot and how I interact with uh, each of the, the models as well. And then there's also like the, the thing I think that most of the photographers are getting a lot from is the photo critique. So that way I can work sort of one-on-one with each photographer, look at their photography and talk about how they can take their lighting to the next level or their editing to the next level. And then they see how I would uh, edit that photo and show them all the little tricks in uh, Lightroom and Photoshop. So that works very well. And then we have the annual Ask Me the monthly ask me anything as well Val so yeah it's um really cool group of photographers I I love working with them and the monthly ask me anything is a call that you get to go on with Gina where you can literally ask her anything (laughs) and uh and have all of your questions answered but all the gold members have a special separate Facebook group where you can tap into Gina and I at any point. So if you want to find out more about the Gold community, go to GinaMilitia.com, that's M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and click on join the community in order to find out more. Now, one of the things we're doing today in our little series about emerging photographers is we are talking to Natalie Ord, who is a member of the Gold community, and she is just kicking it. She is a multi-award winning photographer, and she is just going so well. It's been so fantastic to see her kick her goals and all of her successes over the past year while she's been in the community. She specializes in portrait, fine art, and commercial photography, but Nat actually used to be an ecologist. So as an ecologist, she loved the great outdoors and that was what initially spurred on her love of photography. But now she's done things like, um, you know, become a finalist in a whole heap of different awards, including very prestigious um, National Photographic Portrait Prize of 2017, the Fremantle International Portrait Prize for 2017. So she's been just kicking it and she's currently shooting Mm. for her first solo exhibition in February 2018. So I can't wait to see what comes out of that. So we're going to have a chat with Nat. Is that right? Yes. Wonderful. Have a listen, everyone. G'day, Natalie. Welcome to the show. How are you going? I'm great, Gina. How are you? I'm awesome. It's uh, really good to chat to you. It's uh, great to put a voice to the face. Like I see you in the community all the time and I'm working with you in the uh, the goal community as well. And it's just like so lovely to hear your voice. Just for everyone listening, where in the world are you? Uh, so I'm in Chilton, which is in Victoria in Australia. So I'm uh, about three hours north of Melbourne and six hours south of Sydney. And just for – I've had a look online at, uh, at what Chilton it's – a, it's a, a beautiful country town. Can you, can you describe it and sort of the region that you, uh, that you sort of work in there? Can you describe it for everyone? What's it like? Yeah, sure. So Chilton's uh, a small town of about – a thousand people and we're on the Hume Highway we're just off the Hume Highway and um, we're in the northeast region which is huge for wineries and it's become a really big food producing area as well so we're in the um, sub-alps of the Australian Alps region and um, it's a lot of gold mining through here so Chilton has a lot of sorry it was back in the 1800s (laughs) Still a bit now. You still find a bit really? occasionally. Yeah, people go looking still. But, but panning or like yeah, panning or and yeah, a bit of both. Wow. Yeah. So, but obviously not massive scale. Have you ever like, found gold? Um, not real gold. Um, <laughs> gold in other things, but not real gold. I should go and have a look. I found a few crystals and all that sort of stuff. But, wow. Which are gemstones, but. Yeah, and a few other treasures, but not gold yet. But I probably should go and have a look. <laughs> Too busy doing other things. But, yeah, Chilton's great. And the, and the awesome thing about Chilton is that 
got a lot of history still because it was sort of, I don't want to say forgotten because the locals get a bit upset with me, but it was sort of left for quite some time. So we have all these old heritage buildings still intact and it looks like when you drive into the main street, a movie set. Exactly. It does. It's so cool. And I just hope that it, I mean, there's heritage restrictions on it, but I hope that it doesn't change too much because there's such beautiful buildings there and great for photography and just to wander around. And we've had a few films here. So, um, anything famous? Yeah, I haven't seen it though. Again, don't tell anyone until then. To Ride a Wild Pony, I think it was a Disney film back in the 70s. Oh, wow. And then we've had a few TV shows here and then a few um, music clips. I think the the last one was a few years ago, the Art versus Science one. I can't think of the name of the clip now, but they've got the mime artists. That was all in Chilton. So, yeah, pretty cool place and good history. I um yeah, I was checking it out, and I'm thinking, wow, that would make an awesome backdrop for a photo shoot because it, it just it does. It feels like you've uh, stepped back in time, so that's awesome. So, you work as a commercial photographer, and are you sort of servicing that whole sort of region? It's like obviously there wouldn't be um, a lot of work with a thousand residents. You, you do you all know each other? Uh, I know more people now that I've actually started being a full-time photographer because in the past I was driving to Albury and working there and just spending most of my time there. But um, I know a fair few people, but I don't have a lot of work in children, as you say, a thousand people. But uh, I'm through the whole northeast region, um, but of southern New South Wales over the Goulburn Valley, so like yep. Shepparton. I'll, I'll go anywhere, but that's the bulk of where my work is. So, it's, so you are travelling a fair bit for work, and what would be the the sort of the majority of the commercial shoots that you're doing? So I do a lot for small business. So it's either um, bed and breath. Can we speak bed and breakfasts yeah. and um, uh, or hotels, cafes, uh, a few wineries, anyone that needs a few images for their website uh, or other collateral. So yeah. that's the. It, it's really anything and everything that people would need me to do. And, and how much driving is involved? Like you know, what would be an average sort of shoot for you? Uh, probably. 100 k's each way. Wow. Yeah, which is – but I'm that's like country kilometres, so it's an hour. All right, because, yeah, yeah you're driving 100 k's an hour, right? Yeah, 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 and I get – I have amazing scenery, so I can't complain at all. So <laughs> good to, a good reason to get out and about and have a look at other places, which is what I love about the commercial photography. And people say, oh, it must be pretty boring shooting products or, or whatever, but I get to go out and meet new people and yeah. discover things that I didn't know before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. So um, in, in looking at your work and seeing you come up through the, the, the last couple of years, one of the things that um, – I love most about your work is the the especially the stuff that you've uh, been putting up for awards and uh, exhibiting is the intelligence uh, behind the images. So you're you're actually thinking a lot about the shot and what it is that you want to say. What did you do before photography? How did you come up through and become like? What, what was the moment you just said, "I want to be a photographer"? Uh, well, I used to work for the state government in environment mm-hmm. um, and I worked with a lot of farmers um, going out to their properties and seeing how they could improve their properties for biodiversity, so like natural vegetation to um, complement their farming activities. And um, there's a lot of work along the rivers and all that sort of stuff. And what I loved about that apart from seeing change and improvement in a landscape was, again, meeting these people and finding out their story because invariably you don't rock up and say, hey, I'm going to plant a thousand trees on your place. It doesn't work like that. It's like, hey, how are you going? Um, and have to find out about them. And that was always around a kitchen table. Right. 
So I just loved all the stories happening. And then after I left that job and to go to photography, I had this realisation that, you know, I still do this but with photography. Right. And uh, then I did some work at ABC Radio. Yeah. And, again, that was all hunting for stories. And it's not massive, massive groundbreaking stories, although some of them were, Um but just these little local stories of things that pop up or that you uncover from just talking to people. So, so you love telling stories and you love, like, you, you, love, a, you love a chat, as we've noticed before we <laughs> yeah. got on here. <laughs> what yeah. happens when you get two people who love a chat? We should have just recorded the uh, pre-chat. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> this might go over a bit um, on our conversation. <laughs> So yes, having a chat's always good. So, so you obviously enjoy uh, meeting people and chatting to people, and this is probably a skill that you've brought into your photography—that ability to connect really quickly. And just as we were having a chat off air, we were talking about like your working um, as a photographer, but you've also had, as you're growing your business, you've also had some corporate sponsors as well to help you out. Is that right? Is it what yeah. I call the corporate sponsor? Yep. Yep. Best name for it. Gina, thank you. Love That's it. all right. You, do, do you want to just <laughs> yeah. uh, just talk about what like how, how, the, how you felt when you first heard that term and how you felt before you heard that term? I think that was really interesting that you said that. Yeah. yeah so, um, I had, when I did the transition from going full-time paid employment, paycheck in the bank every week, regardless of how much work you did, um, I had to on a couple of corporate sponsors and they were performing arts venues locally. So theatres, so they were, were music concerts or um, drama or comedy, all those sort of things. Um and also working at the Chiltern Post Office as well. And prior to you guys saying about the corporate sponsor, I did feel pretty like a failure for having to have those other jobs and that I couldn't just do photography full time. But after you'd said that corporate sponsor, I went, you know, this this is fine. This is totally fine. And it's actually great to have a bit of a break and be relating with people yeah. uh, regularly. Yeah. And then and finding more stories. I mean, when someone walks into the post office, I just stare at them and go, Oh wow, they've got a great face or yes. and find out a bit about them. So I've got a, a list of people that I'm gonna hit up for portraits. So yeah, you know, for my solo projects. Exactly. And the and the and the beautiful thing about that and I think there's um many positives to and I think it's really important that for anyone who's thinking of starting a career in photography and they have a, a full-time job is to make sure that the transition is gradual. I think you're um, making it really hard for yourself if you just one day decide, that's it, I'm quitting all my jobs and I'm going to be a full-time photographer because th there is a transition period. And the great thing about having, I call them corporate sponsors, there are other words for it, it's a part-time job. I don't. I think corporate sponsor sounds far more glamorous and yeah, exactly sure. what it is. So um, that uh, having that corporate sponsor to support you through the transition uh, means that you've got you, – you don't have that um, – that that uh, that desperate energy every week that like oh my god I have to get this job because I, I need to get this corporate gig that I'm going for or this headshot shoot or whatever because I have to pay the rent. Uh, you you can be a bit more discerning in the jobs you choose. It changes the energy around you as well. You can tell like if you've ever been at a party and someone comes up to you and is chatting you up and they've sort of got that that desperate energy. You don't really you, you kind of go ooh. I don't <laughs> – there's something about that energy. But when someone walks into the party and they've got like all these other people uh, wanting to talk to them, suddenly you, you think, oh, what's going on over there? That person looks really interesting. They've got a lot going on. So it's that energy of always having something on the go and being busy is important. I think the other great thing for you, Natalie, is having that job in the post office, and I'm thinking about it, they're, they're busy. There's people coming in the door all the time, and you as the person 
uh, working with them are able to see uh, in a, at a glance um, what if someone is stressed or if someone is happy or and learning how to engage with people and sum them up in a few seconds. I think it's such an amazing skill to have as a photographer. So when you do that next headshot shoot you can recognize when someone's maybe a bit nervous or you can find that person who is overly cocky but but he's really sort of uh you know not not that uh that skilled at, at, at being in front of the camera so i think i think it's well i think it's a the, like the best thing you could do yeah and and with the performing arts work as well so i'm a supervisor at the venue and so i'm responsible for greeting the performers and those performers are sometimes little kids doing their dance concert and then like big big names coming in and so there's a different level of nerves and I have to be able to read their body language just to how to approach them you know whether it's a you know, I should go and talk to them just to make them feel a bit comfortable or, do you know what, leave them alone because yeah. that's important too. But um, the corporate sponsor thing, like you were saying as well, the, the transition, I had the best piece of advice that I got before I left my job yeah. um, was to give it – I had a little bit of money saved up but not for enough for a few years to be yeah. doing it. And, and this person said to me, Nat, don't give up on your photography business after a year because it takes at least two years to really get cracking. Yeah. And that's building up that network, building up your, well, obviously you're always building your skills, but building those skills and getting known. Yeah. And and that was especially important for me because I had this identity in the northeast of working in environment. Yep. And then I had to almost recreate myself as well. So, yeah, corporate sponsors, pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I think that's great advice. And, you know, I think a lot of photographers starting out think, well, I, I see online, you know, especially these days where there is a lot of people going, oh, you know, I was successful in three months. Or we're seeing a lot of other photographers posting about uh, how successful they are all the time. And I just wonder, like, you know, you've got to sort of see through that as well because if someone uh, – is incredibly successful that do will they have time to post all of those uh photos yeah. and, and things like that and so and also um be playing your own game so it's like don't worry about what everyone else is doing just focus on what you're doing and focus on building those uh relationships and uh and also focusing on the work so i think yeah i think that's a amazing advice as well so all right so let's um let's get into like some of the other stuff that you've been doing i think the way i've seen you grow your business i think what you're good at and um i'm saying this to you in a complimentary way is that you're yep. a really good networker now <laughs> networker it's got these like negative connotations of someone who stands at a party and hands out their business card and that is the sort of the version of networker that I think is not a great thing. You're the other version, the good version, where you seem to be a, a really great people person, and uh, I've seen you in the podcast community, very generous with um, supporting the other photographers, and also out there in the uh, photography community, like making uh, friendships, long-lasting friendships with other photographers and getting out there and like getting in amongst it. So, and also entering contests as well. So as, as a way of getting to know people and, and like that, that generosity, I think always comes back to you. So do you want to just like, uh, I, I, I don't know that this is a conscious thing that you're doing. I think it's just a personality thing, but how has that uh, helped you grow your business? Well, first of all, networking as you've already said, is just absolutely crucial, but it has to be genuine. Mm. And I see a lot of networking events and I've been to a couple and I call them disingenuous because it is just about all these people, as you said, flinging their business card and, hey, I can do this or you can do this for me. Um, So I don't go to those things anymore. Um, because it's just a bit too fake. Uh, I will, my networking is on a smaller scale and it's probably easier than I am in a smaller region because people talk. But in saying that with the 
exhibitions that I've entered and the competitions I've entered, I'll just go and talk to a couple of people and I don't need to engage with everyone Hmm. um, because I think it's probably spreading yourself a bit too thin and, again, becoming disingenuous. So... um, that and that works for me. Like at the National Portrait Prize, there was um, one another competitor. Or I shouldn't say competitor. That's terrible. It sounds a bit too competition. Yeah. Another exhibitor, another yeah. artist. Yes. There. Yes. And she was really nervous, and she didn't know anyone. And I saw that, so I just went up and talked rubbish to her. And then we talked about our work and. I saw her a couple of months – well, sorry, it wasn't a couple of months. A couple of months ago, so that was a year ago that I initially met her, and we happened to be on an artist panel talking about our work, and she came up to me straight away, had remembered me from a year ago, and she said, thank you so much for coming up and talk to me. I felt sick. I was that nervous. Oh, that's so, lovely. That's yeah, really nice. Just, yeah. I'd rather do things like that. And so she remembers me, and then, you know, when she said that, who was standing next to her? It was the curator of the National Gallery. Oh, so, there you go. And it wasn't it, – that was all a genuine moment, which that person then saw. So it, I think – networking on those smaller scales and this is what like I said works for me yeah um having those genuine interactions it builds and people talk so um that's the best way to go about it in my opinion And, and just interacting with people and it doesn't take you know when you're doing stuff online it really we're all busy yeah but it doesn't take much if you see that someone's created something and you can see a story there or technically something really great it doesn't take much to get on and you don't even have to know them and just go hey that's awesome i love what you've done there it goes along and you never know where that conversation could lead you know it's uh and you can meet great people online i think you from the podcast community i think you've made a a few friends out of there uh and i i see that happening all the time and i'm um you know that that's uh really exciting for me um yeah absolutely i've got to meet up with a couple of them as well so um hopefully i'll get a few more in-person meetings as the years progress which would be cool no definitely definitely um now the other thing that you I, i see that you do a lot and you actively participate in a lot of workshops uh to develop your photography skills and and broaden them uh quite a bit so what what sort of uh what sort of workshops have you done in that like because i've seen you post about a few of them yeah so i've done a few shorter ones on uh lighting and yeah. it's more like off camera flash or they've had models there and they've just been sort of day workshops and they're often industry sponsored so there's yeah. a lot of people there and it's a bit of a quick uh, show of things and you have a bit of a go yeah. but I've tended to go more for um, longer residential workshops yeah. um, and that is for a few reasons uh, one uh, it's great to get away and not have to worry about cooking or cleaning or family members or anything else yeah. and not feel guilty about spending 24 hours on photography if you want to and you've got other people in the group which are doing the same thing it seems like heaven (laughs) i know but i put on a few kilos when i go gina because that's (laughs) a sight that travel photography you gotta you just like you're just living um filling yourself up so it's just like you feel your soul fill your pants that's what i say (laughs) awesome so those workshops uh and the ones that I've tended to go for are there's technical things about shooting. They're more sort of post-production, but there's more theory and it's about um, being an artist and that mindset. Yep. So it's not just here's how you change the colour of this or this is how you do that. And, of course, you can do anything you want because you have all these experts around that you can grab and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Mm. But um, I, I tend to like the more art side of things and and critiquing art and that one thing that I've learned from these workshops is to look at paintings as well as photographs Mm. and look at a painting and go look at the color there look at the composition look at the lighting all those sort of things so 
they're the type of workshops that, again, work for me. But, you know, if I see those smaller ones that are a day or if someone who I really admire is running those, I'll drive to Melbourne or Sydney and go and do those if it's a specialist thing. Um, and a few occasions I've gone just to meet some other people. But, yeah, the residential ones are always good. And you make such good friends out of it. You've, it, it amazes me that you have sometimes 30, 40, 50 people together, which I remember I first went and went, oh, this is going to be uh, interesting. How, how many together. days with 40 people, 50 people? Uh, eight days. And are you all in um, bunk rooms? Yeah, yeah, we've shared the two that I've been to. So I went to one at Daintree up in yeah. North Queensland. Oh, amazing location. Wow. Yeah. And then um, Orpheus Island, which is off the oh. coast of Townsville. Yeah. yeah. So you're all together and then you've got to share rooms with people. But, you know, I've made such good friends and there hasn't been – this obviously you're not going to love everyone. Yeah. But – there's no jerks, yeah. <laughs> which is important for me when I spend a lot of money on these things yeah. and, and my time to go and do them. Um, but I've got friends all over the world now and really genuine relationships that, you know, if they're off, oh, you come to America, come and stay with us and yeah. let's go shooting and New Zealand and all that sort of stuff. And it's great. And, and again, that's a networking, a genuine networking thing that often I'll email those people and go, hey, I'm stuck on this or can I just run this by you and have them as a sounding board? And they're all different levels. Yeah. So, yeah. So you good. really, you, you obviously value the education and you, you're taking that from a few different approaches. Another thing that you're a part of is my goal community and I think you've been yep. a member since uh, since we started, so for like the last couple of years. What – what has your experience been with the goal community and uh, what advice would you have for any of the uh, listeners who might be thinking about joining? Uh, well, it's been great having all of your uh, tutorials to access. But again, um, some of the work for me, I've got to keep it somewhat confidential. And so I'm not talking about super confidential that yeah. obviously wouldn't put any of that online if that was the case, but stuff that because it's a closed community, I can put it up there and get feedback for people. Yeah. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, so that is really helpful because often when you're staring at things for a while, you, you can't see things. You're just having that different perspective. But the, the range of skills that people are in the gold community is fantastic. So, and you learn from everyone regardless of their skill level. Yeah. And so it's, it's it, nice having that support and then, and it, yeah, someone to say, hey, w what do you think of this and how's it working? And, like, one of the images that you – the image that you shot for the National Portrait Prize, do you want to tell us about that? And it was like I remember you writing to me after you shot that and said that, that the, the, the lighting that you use was uh, one of the techniques that you learnt through the gold community. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good old off-camera flash. It would I'd have to admit it probably would have taken a little bit longer than when you would have done it, but I got the shot, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the shot that I did for the National Portrait Prize was just beautiful. Anyway. Yeah, you know, it's I was thinking about this the other day. I'm going to digress. We talk a lot that who cares. Um, <laughs> I'm still talking about the image, but that image was if I never create an image better than that, and when I say better, like meaning something to me, I'm happy because wow. that was such an amazing moment and it's still growing. So I shot that in November 2016 and that came about that um, Annette Baker, who is in the photograph, uh, has been working with her husband on promoting um, conversations around mental health and, and they started doing that because they lost their daughter to suicide in 2011 and when her daughter took her life there was no conversations around mental health and so you can I, I can't even imagine I can empathize how horrible would that be to lose someone like that but then they've come along and gone, right, this is really important that we talk about mental health and we talk about suicide. And so they've run these events every year called the Winter Solstice where 
on the shortest night of the year, they have an event in Albury and have uh, different speakers talk about either their own experiences in mental health or um, or their practitioners. So there's a few, um, I don't want to say celebrities, it sounds a bit weak, but well-known people, identities, yep. but so practitioners like Patrick McGorry, people like that that work in mental health. So I've worked for Annette shooting that and got to know her and her story and and then I asked her if I could photograph her to because I wanted to end it into the portrait prize. Yeah. I wanted to continue and build on her work. Yep. And just do it in a really respectful way and in a way that would engage people. And you know, I still have people I get emails maybe one every few weeks saying, Oh, I saw this image you know, I've had this story. It just—it's been so important to me to be, and having those conversations with people, and that's what I love about this portrait stuff and discovering these stories and learning from what I'm shooting. Because if you had come up to me prior to talking with Annette and working with Annette and getting to know her, and started talking about mental health or suicide. It, I would have been probably a bit more uncomfortable than I am now. And now when I'm at exhibitions, people come up and say, oh, you know, I had this family member suicided. And now I know, I just know how to engage with them. So it's that engagement as well. Again, on that one-on-one scale, it makes a difference because they're heard. So I'm just so thankful that Annette and I got to work together on that project. So you've started a conversation with an image, basically. It's like the the, the introduction, and it's a, it's a very powerful image, uh, and <laughs> it is. It's just something um, haunting behind the 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 eyes, but there's also. Uh, the way it's shot for me, I look into that image and I also see hope as well. So that's the. And that's exactly what I was your, wanting to well do. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> well yeah, done. And, and it was interesting with the because we were in the river shooting that, so it was me and Net. I had my camera about an inch above the water. Yeah. And I thought, oh shit, if it gets wet, oh well, it's insured. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I do care, but. <laughs> And then I had my partner holding a flash on a boom just above Annette's head. Yeah. So that was, and that was from watching your tutorials and learning from you how to do that. Yeah, yeah. So and thanks. then you, you shot so that you had the flash in the frame and then worked out how to uh, get, get that out or did you cry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I it pretty tight, yeah. but there still was a little bit of flash in the frame there. So, yeah, yeah that no. tutorial is the best. Well, well done. <laughs> you totally to- totally nailed that shot. The the other thing I notice about, like, you've got a lot going on, Natalie. You also, I think you appear to be uh, a bit of a slashy, and by, by that I mean you, you, you sort of seem to be doing a lot of different things. And recently... Uh, you filmed a doco that uh, was released on the ABC iView, I think, only only in Australia at the moment, but it's a, it's a beautifully shot doco. How did that come about? Well, that was an, another uh, ripple from Annette's photo, really. Right. So um, See how life works? Sort of. Yeah, mm. all these, it's not just one thing that happens. No. So that story is that I have a friend in Albury, Helen Newman, she's a filmmaker and she does a lot of social um, issue filmmaking docu- documentary. Mm. Um, she's been doing that for quite some time and goes overseas you know, to Afghanistan and filming refugee camps and orphanages in um, over in Asia and all this stuff that's heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But I yeah. loved her work and I love her passion about it and I'd said to her we've been saying for years we should do something (laughs) and then this funding opportunity for this ABC Screenworks um, Creatability is the project came up and the project which we had to apply for the funding was to feature someone in New South Wales who was an artist who had a disability and that was up to us to choose the person and so I got in touch with Helen and I said 
let's do this and let's continue on the mental health theme because it's a little bit different. A lot of people go, oh, it's not a disability. They don't see it as a disability. Um, my opinion, if you can't do something normally, it's a disability. Absolutely. Um, so we then Helen knew another artist locally who makes these beautiful jewelry pieces from found pottery. Yeah. And, you know, the pieces, he goes out and digs yeah. those up. Digs in the dirt and, and finds a bit of uh, chipped, so, yeah. something that someone's thrown away and he makes something beautiful about it. I just think the way that whole story was told, uh, it just made me so happy. It made me smile. But the thing I noticed most, uh, Natalie, is the photographer's eye when filming. Uh, it's very different. So you see a lot of uh, – there's kind of two different kinds of cinematographers. There's one that mm-hmm. have just come straight into film and that they don't necessarily they, – they kind of document and it's a different way of seeing. But when you come through photography first and then go into cinematography, there is a really different feel. And so, I like, I see um, – when when someone like that like someone like you has filmed something it's like every frame is an image like it's like image yep. beautiful image beautiful image so what was that experience like and how where what what how did you learn about cinematography all the techie stuff uh well i'm still learning we'll put mm. it that way but that, that's a really great point. So to just build on your example there, Helen has come in totally from film. Mm. She works in film. She takes photos, but that's her thing. I came in from photography. And this is the beautiful thing about collaboration and working with other people is that we would look at shots and we would talk about how to do it. And I go, how about this angle? Because I was coming from a different point of view yeah, and it worked and, and she even said oh you know I didn't think of that I mean and obviously the same thing would happen uh with her she'd film something like oh cool I didn't think of doing that but it was it was so good to do that and it's interesting how you frame things a little bit differently with film so so in terms of technical um Nat did a few little Google things and then pretty much just said to Helen, what do I do? <laughs> and then, uh, so, you know, I'm one of those turn up and learn stuff on the go. Uh, and it worked. <laughs> so um, so yeah, you just Google just... how to set your uh, 5D Mark IV, I think you were shooting on, yeah, for yeah. film at 25 frames a second. Yeah. Uh, this, this is how I want to shoot, HD, and away you went. Did you? Yeah. Did you have a some sort of uh, steady cam or tr- handheld? What did you do? Uh, so I did most of that on tripod. All right, because it does uh, look very steady. Yeah, but there was a few handheld ones, and again, that's a skill. I, I, you watch it, the footage back, you go, "Oh my god, I'm getting motion sickness." Even though I don't get motion sickness, um, <laughs> and that's a skill that Helen's developed that she knows how to hold it and like not breathe for a while. But I can't not breathe. Um, so it was, it's just practice. But I've also been really fortunate to work on a few other films where I've just watched and mm. it's amazing. You know, uh, earlier this year was an attachment for a feature film that was in Aubrey, the barbecue, I think, which is coming out soon. And so I was in attachment with a film crew. So I didn't get to do the filming, but I was watching them and I was asking them questions and just absorbing as much as I could. Yeah. So still a long way to go with the filming side of things, but um, that's something for well, next year to look at. You know, you've got something out there that you've <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. It's like it's not like sitting there on YouTube. It's out there on iView for everyone to see. So I think that's uh, well done and, and congratulations on that. Yeah, so, thank you. And I think it will be on YouTube, sorry, later uh, in a few months so people overseas can watch that because oh, I've had a great. few people so, a bit upset that iView doesn't go overseas. Make so. sure you share all that. And I think, yeah, the, we'll do. I think this is uh, an important thing for most photographers to embrace now is uh, sort of multimedia and I think that being able to do many different facets of the job is going to guarantee you more work and more connections so now from your cinematography you're going to be able to find yourself on other sets where you can say oh 
if you need a stills photographer for your next project, I'm also available to do that. And it's just another way to get yourself out there. And it's not like you want you want to be spreading yourself too thin, but I think at the start, it's good to have all these skills or at least have an understanding of everything to yep. um, just be able to get yourself out there. But I think um, – cinematography is big and uh, will only get bigger as it's uh, more accessible to everyone as well, I think. And to be able to do it beautifully is another thing because anyone can shoot on their iPhone or, you know, and it all looks the same. But to do it like in that cinematic way is just lovely. So um, fantastic, Natalie. Well, you know, I could talk to you all day. I have kind of been talking to you all day, really. So I really do uh, appreciate you time just one more question before we go where do you see yourself in five years time have you thought about that do you know what that's an interesting question i'd like to continue working on my solo projects which are now uh portrait side of things but environmental portraits but getting those stories and then if i can be helping out with people's uh uh, organizations and I'm talking about the charities and all that sort of thing through those images that'd be great I just I think that's where I want to go hmm. but I'm one of those people that just loves doing everything and keeping yep. myself open for opportunities because someone could ring me tomorrow or next week and go hey do you want to do this like yeah I'll give it a go so um yeah, I think the portrait side of things, I just really want to nail that because I want to get to a point because I've got a list of names of people I want to shoot. Yeah. It's getting pretty long. Yeah. And some pretty high-profile people. Yeah. And I want to be able to just come in and go bang, set up, go, so I'm not wasting people's time and yeah. I get the best portrait possible. So um, I hope that's less than five years' time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see what happens. I just – I like going with the flow. We'll see. Open to everything. And what about what about you, Gina? Where do you oh, see yourself in five years? Is this about me today, Natalie? You're going to turn? <laughs> well, it's about us, and it's about the community that you've created. So I'm sure people would love to hear what where you are going to yeah. be in five years. In five years, I uh, hope to uh, still be here doing this, but on a, a larger scale and photographing more of the type of stuff that I love and storytelling as well. So I'm in my absolute happy place when I'm standing behind a camera in a place I've never been before. So Mm. it's my hope that I continue to do that in the next five years. How's that for an answer? Putting me on the spot there. That was good. Well, you put me on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) And that was nice and deep as well. So good answer with a bit of depth. Good work. (laughs) 10 out of 10, Gina. Thank you. Thanks for that. Um, Where can people find you, Natalie, if they want to check out your work online? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as Manifesto Photography. That's my business name. Uh, And same with Facebook and Twitter. And my website is manifestophotography.com.au. Awesome. And you've got a solo show next year, is that right, 2018? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So that's at Mama, which is the Murray Arts Museum, Albury. And amazing regional facility. And uh, so I'll be, this is what I'm working on at the moment, but I'll be showing my first solo project there. And uh, I'm hoping to have another website set up for that. Uh, and I'm probably jinxing myself here, but I'm hoping to have a 3D walkthrough so people Ooh. can go through and have a look at that. Um, that. Obviously, people that can't come along that were interested to see it. So uh, I'll let you guys know about that as well. Fantastic, Natalie. That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for your time today, and uh, I look forward to seeing everything else that you produce over the next few years. Thanks, Gina, and thanks to you and Val and the rest of the community for just being so generous with your time and your knowledge. It really, really is amazing. It's like no other place. So thank you so much. It's uh, a credit to you guys and. My work and my uh, growth is attributed to participating in your community. So thank you so much. Thanks, Nat.
All right, there you go. That's um, a cool chat with Nat. And if you want to discover more about Natalie Ord, you can go to her website, which is manifestophotography.com.au. So it's like manifest, except instead of fest, it's feast, as in, you know, like having a feast, eating a feast. So manifestophotography.com.au. She's also manifesto photography in the various social media platforms, but we will put all of those uh, links in the show notes, which you can find at genemolition.com. Now, I really, really loved the photo that she took, um, which gave her the runner-up position in the National Portrait Prize yeah. of the woman in the water. It's it's so powerful. And I mm-hmm. love the fact that she learnt that lighting style from, from learning it from you in the girl community. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the tutorials that she watched, and she she used that as uh, in, as inspiration, which is fantastic. And that that image is um, really powerful and uh, and haunting. But you know, mm. that, that there's so much hope in that image. So so beautiful work. And as I said, like you know, I love Natalie's work. It's so um, intelligent. She really thinks about her portraits, and um, you know, I can't I can't wait to see. Uh, to watch her fly it's uh yeah just uh fantastic so you know you'll see uh natalie's in the facebook group so hopefully you guys will all um you know um say hello and uh tell her how much you enjoyed the interview uh, as well because uh yeah she's also put we'll also put that powerful image in the show notes um so you can have a look at it because it's 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 astounding yeah all Mm. right wonderful so um that brings us to the end of this week's episode. What are you doing this coming week, Gina? So I've got a lifestyle shoot this week, Val, so that will cool. keep me nice and busy. What about you? What are you doing? I'm fully back into the swing of things mm-hmm. this week. So there are so many things on my to-do list and I'm trying to juggle everything and just to make sure that I get everything done. But it, it, we're, I'm kind of in a planning stage, um, but there's it's a bit scary because there's so much to plan for this year that I'm get, starting to feel a bit overwhelmed. But that's okay. Mm. I'm going to – I'm it, it's, it's going to happen. I'll write my to-do list and and uh, I'll try and stay calm. Maybe I'll I need some essential oils or something or some something to ground me. But um, that's Walk okay. Walk on the beach, Val. I've told you. Yes, I will. All right. Thank yes. you, Gina. All right. So where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com and uh, you can find all the links to my social media there. I'm in the Facebook group and also in the gold community. What about you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, make sure you catch up with us uh, on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and we'd love to connect with you there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.